0: I would you open word of prayer. For this day, Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. thank you for your great salvation, Lord. be with um, <clears throat> Pastor Lord, as He brings forth your word, Lord. and Lord, if we could learn something from it and one serve you better. in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You're gonna be needing to go to around Genesis chapter 42. Let me get my stool. And our memory verse this morning, you probably ought to be able to say without uh, having to study it much because they've said it enough from the pulpit, so you'll hear it all the time. Okay? And my wife is, I believe, in the office this morning. Is she there? Okay. Yes, because she she gets after me. She wanted to come this morning. And I won't read this one during the Sunday school or during the morning service. So, an elderly couple had just learned how to send text messages on their mobile phones. The wife was a romantic type, and the husband was more of a no-nonsense guy. One afternoon, the wife went out to meet a friend for coffee. She decided to send her husband a romantic text message, and she wrote, If you are sleeping, send me your dreams. If you are laughing, send me your smile. If you are eating, send me a bite. If you're drinking, send me a sip. If you're crying, send me your tears. I love you. The husband, who's not romantic, texted back to her, I'm on the toilet, please advise. (laughs) He didn't get, oh, oh, that was bad. Okay. Again, the lesson this morning is on forgiveness. And the reason this is so important is because without it, Satan has a field day. Okay. He uses an unforgiving heart more than any other thing to attack believers. And we need to be able, if God can forgive us, we need to be able to forgive one another. And I want you to know, with forgiveness, that doesn't mean you ignore the offense. That's not true forgiveness. If you try to ignore something, you're not going to. It's going to bother you. You try to shove it down inside and say it's not there, the devil's going to bring that back up at just the wrong time and use it to beat you with. And you're going to have a problem. You'll never feel totally at ease with somebody that you haven't forgiven. There will always be that issue. And you can't live that way and live for Christ. I want you to understand it right off the bat. So we're looking at Genesis. In Genesis chapter 42. and Because we're going to go through like four chapters this morning. Actually five of them. And I'm not going to read them. But you have in Genesis 42, Jacob saw that there was a corn in Egypt. Jacob said to his son, why do you look one upon another? So he sends his sons down in. There's a famine. And the famine causes Joseph's brothers to go down into Egypt. You all with me on that story? Have you read your Bible through it once? Remember that's part of it? And they all went down except Benjamin, the youngest son. Because Jacob was protective of Benjamin, and he didn't want him to go. Benjamin kind of was the replacement for who? Joseph, in Jacob's heart. And so that, you know, And so when the brothers got down there, they found something more important than food when they got there. So I want you to look at it again. We read verse 1. And he said, Behold, I have heard there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither, and buy us From thence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob, sent not with his brethren, for he said, Lest peradventure mischief shall befall him. And the sons of Ishmael came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Okay, now, were the sons of Ishmael in good stead? Israel, I read the wrong thing. Okay, the sons of Israel. I don't know why I said Ishmael. It's not going to get better. I'm preaching the morning service too, so just be ready. Okay. And so they found that quite often God will use various situations in life to bring us to a place of what? If you can't repent, you will not be forgiven. God offers forgiveness, and that's why it doesn't bother God. God is not injured by your sin. You are. okay, And so many people, when you don't understand, if you won't acknowledge that the steps of repentance, we've talked about it, we've taught on it, we've preached on it, that idea, you have to acknowledge what it is. And you can try to put the blame on somebody else. That happens all the time. I'm counseling and there's problems between people and one person who's been doing the aggression or the bad attitude or the hurt of the other person says, Well, I never would do it if she didn't make me angry. And you make excuses for your sin. That's not repentance. Okay? And so he brought them into a place, guess what? They had to starve to have to face this. The only reason they say that is when you know something's wrong, the best thing to do is to get it right right away. Keep your account short with God and with other people so then you don't have to let that build up between you. How many of you have been married a little bit longer than you know, others have had a time where you didn't, you got upset about something and you go, oh I'm going to let it go or you didn't bother you didn't resolve the issue remember it says be angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath and women men are not mind readers because you kind of like you put up you put up with more garbage from guys than guys put up with from the women and if the men don't agree with me on that I don't care But the point of it is that so many times you don't resolve that issue and then you you ask something in a way to try to get them to acknowledge what has happened. You've got to just come out and tell them. Okay, Don't hold the offense. Bring it forward because sometimes men, women are complicated. Men are simple. And sometimes we put our words in gear before we put our brain in gear. And you could be offended and we don't even know we've offended you. Okay, so what you have to do, if something offends you, you don't got to go, Eah. I'm not talking that, I'm saying don't let it build up between you. Okay, if you do, guess what, the Lord will eventually bring it to light. And then it's always going to be a little bit more painful. You understand what I'm saying with that? Okay, so they come down in, and then when they come before Joseph to buy food, Joseph recognizes them. Okay. If you look at this, in Joseph, verse 6, was the governor over the land, and he he that was sold all to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. He was speaking through an interpreter, And he's the second most powerful person in the most powerful nation on the face of the earth at the time. And he's speaking roughly to them. And he knew who he was. He didn't reveal himself. He wasn't being mean or whatever. He's waiting to see. Okay. And you got this thing, you know, and he gets them to talk and they tell him a story. Okay. That they've come there. And he tries to get a confession of guilt out of them for what they did to him many years ago. And Joseph remembered the dreams which we had dreamed of them and said unto them, Ye are spies, to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food are the servant, thy servants come. We are one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. other words, you know what they're trying to say? We're honest, we're forthright, we're not here for any ulterior motives. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land they come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the son of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. And they didn't even know that's who they were talking to. And Joseph said to them, that is, that is it that I spake unto you, saying, ye are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved by the life of Pharaoh, ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you and let him fetch your brother, and ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether or not there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh surely ye are spies. And he put them all together in war, into ward in three days. So he them kind of like in the nice jail cell, for three days. And Joseph said unto them on the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. If ye are true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine to your houses, but bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. So he sends them, okay, I find this totally amazing. When you look at this, the judgment that goes on with this, they don't even understand what's going on. You know what we do when we offend somebody? We try to put it out of our mind. First, you know, when you have guilt, what are you going to do with it? Put it on someone else. Hide it. Run from it or deal with it truly they had lied about it to their father they had been running from it for years they know cuz why would they tell the second most powerful man when they don't know who he is that there was 12 brothers and one is not see they were carrying that You will not be able to get rid of the weight, truly, until you get rid of it. Amen. I tell so many times, I try to get people to understand. You think you're hiding something from each other, from someone else, and everything is naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. So you have this, and so you have this thing taking place. Okay, and he accuses them of being spies, gives them a taste of judgment, he puts them in prison, and uh, hoping maybe that'll spark conviction of sin. Because the wages of sin is death, and they're he's trying to make them fearful. They talk among themselves and begin to realize they're reaping what they sowed. Look at verse 21. And they said one to another, "We are verily guilty. Concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul. Now how many years ago was that? A long time. And it's like it was yesterday, remember that, when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore his distress come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against this child? And ye would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. He's hearing the whole conversation. They're speaking in Hebrew. They think he's going to be hearing only an Egyptian. Okay? And he turned himself about from them and wept and returned to them again and communed with them and took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. So now they know there's a cost. Because you know what? Wages of sin is death. How about this? For whatsoever man sows, so shall he also reap. Galatians 6-7. Right? You can't get away. You're going to reap it. You don't think you are. I can't remember the verse if Pastor Kinney was here because I ask him all the time. It just hasn't clicked in there. I know where it is and I can remember part of it. But I'm not going to try to quote it because I'll mess it up. But basically it's because judgment doesn't come swiftly. You continue in it. And don't make it right. Joseph's plan was to bring them together. He wanted them to bring Benjamin, his full-blooded brother. Because Benjamin and Joseph were of who? Okay? The, you had Rachel and Leah. Right. Leah and her concubines and then some of Rachel and Leah. Right. Yeah, I got things right. OK. And so what happened? She only had two. Joseph and Benjamin. So that's his. It's the only one is truly his full brother, blood brother. And he had he had them leave Simeon hostage. And guess what? Look at verse 37 of chapter 37. Do you ever think about how that, if God's word gives it to you, it will become true? For behold, we were binding these sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about and made what? Obesence. To my sheep. Guess what's being fulfilled? Right then. Now Joseph is an Old Testament type of Jesus Christ. He is the greatest Old Testament type. But he's not Jesus Christ. He did not necessarily know when that was going to be fulfilled. Jesus knows all things. The mind of Christ has all knowledge. And you see here, the prophecy gets fulfilled. Look at chapter 43. And the famine was sore in the land. Okay. And it came to pass when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again and buy us a little. And Judah spake unto him, saying, This man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. So who's been in lockup all this time? Simeon. Now they took what they got. They took it home. They ate it because Jacob, he says, I lost my, the one I love the most. Isn't that kind of nation? You should never do that, parents. Don't tell your kids one's their fate, your, their, your favorite. My mother made all of us feel like we were their favorite. She did. And I, you know, I can still, I used to tease, I like told you before, I'd get my sisters Debbie all wound up because I'd tell her mom loves me best. No, she doesn't. And Debbie's six, seven years older than me. I can still get her upset saying, you know, mom loved me best. She will. She'll still get upset. I say that to Kathy, and Kathy always said that's because mom had a soft spot in her heart for special needs people. And... That's the way they treated me, all right? And I'm not trying to put anybody down, but that's the way it works. But we could tease that, you know. But you should make them all feel like they're the, the, your favorite. If you aren't, you're setting up your child to have problems. Okay? That's just extra. If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. But if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. And Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me as to tell the man whether ye had yet a brother? In a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. He's saying, Why did you see Jacob is Israel now? But you know what? He, he still has that Jacob mindset. Yeah, you know, don't tell them. Yes, John. Yes. Yes. Okay. When you look at him, he had he had learned that it was in God's hand, and when you see it, when he finds that he's crying. He had had to turn away from them here, because he knew, and it tells you that he wept, he'd already gotten to the place where Joseph had learned God's protection, God's bringing you through problems, God's forgiveness. He'd spent years in prison before he ever had his position. And every time, Joseph didn't act in any way in a vindictive manner Jesus Christ will never punish you to punish you. We have fathers of our flesh that chastens us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be what? You can find it in the book of Hebrews. The application comes here because Jesus Christ is the total picture of the Godhead. And Joseph had learned here, when you see it, he's saying Joseph had already seen when they came down, he knew that God had put him there for that purpose. See, when when you understand that there's a purpose for what you go through, and God can use it, then you don't have to be vindictive, angry about it. Okay, That's why Like I was telling John before we did the, we're giving the, the memory verse for today, right? I have a hard time just quoting verse 32. I always give verse 31 with it. And let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And that's when the verse comes in. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. If you don't put away the first, all what? Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and malice, you're never gonna forgive. You always have to look at see when it comes to forgiveness of somebody who's hurt you, you've got to remember what did God forgive you of? That's the key. Remember what God's forgiving you of, and then you can forgive others. So that you know what God wants you to do? The forgiveness allows you to come into his presence understanding that he loves you and he doesn't want you to have a problem between you and him. And if that's what God's forgiveness is for us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to and cleanses from all unrighteousness. And that passage, right alongside of it, I have the three places God takes your sin when you give it to him. Right? He separates it from you as far as the east is from the west. He throws it behind his back and he throws it in the depths of the sea. I think God wants you to know when you give it to him, when you acknowledge truthfully that it is, you don't put the blame on someone else for it. He'll take it. Because he says, OK, that's no longer between us. And you see that picture with Joseph because he was bringing them to the place that they would acknowledge their sin Because there's no forgiveness. The guilt will still be there when you won't acknowledge it. And there's nothing new under the sun. God wants you to see that. And you can see it through Joseph. So what do we have in verse in chapter 43? You can't buy mercy and forgiveness. You can't buy it. Otherwise it's not true forgiveness and it's not mercy. For by grace are ye saved through and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So Jacob sends him back with a plan to offer money and fruit of the ground. He's going to try to bargain with him. Look at Acts chapter 8. We're coming back to Genesis 43, 44. Look at Acts 8. I put a marker there or not? I can't remember. I got markers in here for two different messages. This one and the morning service. Acts 8. And look at verse 20. And Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be what? Purchased with money. You know, people try to buy forgiveness all the time instead of dealing with and needing the forgiveness. So instead of making your heart right, you'll buy a gift for somebody. Instead of acknowledging what you've done and, and seek forgiveness first from God, because you got to remember, I don't care what you do to somebody else. All sin is against God. Okay. So they can't buy it. They stood before Joseph, bowed down in obedience again. Right. Genesis 43. They come, they're bound before him again. And let me see here. Where are we? And the men were afraid, verse 18, because they were brought into Joseph's house. And they said, because of the money that was returned in our sacks, at the first time we are brought in, that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take for us bondmen. And our asses. And they came near unto the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with him. This is verse 19. At the door of the house, and said, O sir, we came indeed down at first time to buy food. And it came to pass, we came to the end, that we opened our sacks, and behold, every man's money was in his sack. Our money was full weight, and we have brought it again to our hand. And other money have we brought down into our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put the money in our sacks. And he said, "Peace be to you, fear not your your God and the, the God of your father hath given you the treasure in your sacks I had brought I had brought you I had your money, and he brought Simeon out unto them, and the man brought the men unto joseph's house and they gave them water, and they washed their feet, and he gave them asses and they gave their asses provender, and they made ready the present against joseph came came at noon, and they heard that they should eat bread there and when Joseph came came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves down to him. How? So what are they doing again? You get it? And he asked them of their welfare and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spake? Is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant, our father, is good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance again. See what you got here? So now they have this. Now, if you continue in the passage, and he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, is this your younger brother of whom ye spake unto me? And they said, be God, be gracious unto thee, my son. Was Benjamin alive when Joseph was sold into slavery? He hadn't seen his brother. Do you know what I'm saying to you? He didn't have any idea what he looked like. And Joseph made haste for his bowels did yearn upon his brother and he sought there where to weep and he entered into his chamber and wept there. That's not anger. That's looking at lost time. That's looking at the picture of love. There is joy in heaven over one And some have compassion, making the difference. He washed his face and went on and refrained himself and said, set on bread. And they set on him for by himself. And they did themselves and for the Egyptians, which did eat with him by themselves, because the Egyptians may not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians, because shepherds were abominations to the Egyptians. Okay, and they set for him first. "...born according to his birthright, so they lined him up, Simeon on down through, according to his youth. And the men marveled at one another, and he took and set messes unto them from before him. But Benjamin's mess was five times as much as any of theirs, and they drank and were merry with him." And you get verse, or chapter 44. "...and he commanded the steward of his house, saying, "'Fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry, and put every man's money in his sack's mouth.'" And put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack's mouth of the youngest and his corn money. And he did according to the words that Joseph had spoken. As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away, they and their asses. And when they were gone out of the city and not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, Up, follow after the men, and when thou dost overtake them, say unto them, Where have ye rewarded evil for good? He set them up, right? He's trying to spark remorse and repentance. He wanted to see if they were sorry for what they had done. The next day, he sent them back home, but with another plan. Okay? And you get through this, he goes through, God forbid, you go down through chapter 45 and they search the eldest and they find the cup in Benjamin's sack. In verse 12, they rent their clothes and Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house for he was yet there and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said, what deed is this that ye have done? What know ye not? Such a man as I certainly divine. He'd been able to divine a bunch of dreams. And Judah said unto them, what shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. They know they didn't do it. So what is he confessing about? Judah understands. We are thy Lord's servant, both we and he also with whom the cup is found. And he said, God forbid that I should do so. But the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. As for you, get you up in peace unto your father. And Judah came near unto him and said, O my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears. And let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. He knows who he's dealing with. And the Lord, my Lord, asked his servant, saying, Have ye a father or a brother? And we said unto my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one, and his brother is dead. And he alone is left of his mother, and his father loveth him. And thou saidest unto thy servants, Bring him down unto me, that I may set mine eyes upon him. And we said, Lord, the lad cannot leave his father. If he should leave, his father would die. And thou saidest unto thy servants, Except the youngest brother come down with you, ye shall see my face no more. And it came to pass, when we came up to, unto thy servant, my, fa- my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, Go again and buy us a little food. And we said, We cannot go down, if our youngest brother be, be with us. Then we will go down and we may not see the man's face except our youngest brother be with us. And they said, the, Thy servant my father said unto us, Ye know that my wife bare me two sons. What keeps getting shoved in their face? And one of them went out... From me, And I said, Surely he is torn in pieces, and I saw him not since. And if you take this also from me, and mischief shall befall him, ye shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I came to thy servant my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass, when he seeth that the lad is not with us, he will die. And thy servant shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant our father with sorrow to the grave." For the servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I will bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray thee, let my, thy servant abide instead of the lad, as a bondman to, to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up unto my father, and the lad be not with me? Lest peradventure I see evil that shall come on my father. Isn't it interesting that you find Judas the one who says... I'll take his place. And it's the lion of the tribe of Judah who took our place. You see the picture? So they've got the sin, and guess what? You know They come back down to Joseph's, they were fulfilled again. So how many times are they getting hit in the face with They're going to be in obeisance before Joseph. How many times did Joseph tell them what happened in their dreams? In his dream? How many times was it going to happen? Think about it. I'm not going to tell you. See, the cup was planted. Benjamin sacked. Judah makes a plea for reconciliation. He showed concern and love for Benjamin and for his father. They had no love and concern for... Joseph in Israel when it was Joseph. Now the only other son that's taken Joseph's place, now they have concern. You see the picture? Guilt was there. They weren't the same people that they had thrown their brother into the pit, but they were carrying the guilt. And there still was no forgiveness understood. He was looking for a difference. That was what Joseph was looking for, a difference. The remedy to man's problem is confession of sin and faith in Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just too, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at Proverbs 28, quickly, Proverbs 28, 13. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He that covereth his sins shall what? But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have. You know, it's interesting. And you know what that is to me? That's a money verse. I tell people, you want to know how to handle your money? He that confesses his sins shall not. He that con- covereth his sins shall not what? Always comes back around to cost you. Sin always costs you more than you want to give. So get it right. It'll cost you less. It's a money verse. Takes us to chapter 45. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brethren. He'd been speaking through an interpreter. He had the haircut like the, the Egyptians had, you know, like, how many of you remember the Three Stooges? Curly, Larry, and Moe. The, the banks cut across and coming down around. That was the Egyptian haircut. Okay. And he's got that. He's not a good Jewish Hebrew guy with a long beard. He was Newton didn't look like a shepherd. They didn't even know it was Joseph. Okay, and that's why they're looking at him, and here this guy is wearing a crown on his head. He's in these fancy Egyptian clothes, and they're in the rough clothes of a shepherd. The difference between silks and flannel and wool, okay? And Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. So he's talking in Egyptian, tells them all to get out. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. They're all out of the room, and he's crying so hard, he's weeping so much, they hear him wailing and weeping. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Do you think? And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. One, you aren't going to forgive until you can confront the other people, and they have to acknowledge the sin. Then you can forgive it. God offers forgiveness, but it does you no good until you're willing to be honest about it. Does God know you've done something wrong? Did God know what Adam and Eve had done? Well, he cries out, Adam, where are you? Going to be part of the, the morning message a little bit. He already knew it was for their sake that he cried out so that they would know. Be not, now therefore be not grieved or angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. When you're going through it, one of the hardest things to recognize and understand is all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God has a purpose in your suffering. God has a purpose in what he allows you to go through. And you can bring him glory in that. And when you can get a handle on that, then you won't be bitter towards God. One of the biggest lies Satan uses is to, to pull people down is just to let them think that God doesn't love them. God doesn't care about him. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. It's also that God can never use me. I am so sinful, God can never use me. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. And so it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and the Lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph. Don't you know it's the words that Jacob or Israel spoke to his sons when he sent? Benjamin down was saying I've already lost the one son so where is it right in their mind He's still grieving grief comes back in waves when you have something that makes you remember it It's a trigger and God wants you to give him the grief each time Doesn't say that it won't be there doesn't say that it's I'm not saying that it's wrong but you understand what happens when a remembrance comes My father, tell him he's down in Egypt, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, and yet there are five years of famine. Joseph's 39 years old right now. And lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. God put me here, and you're going to lose everything there, so come to me. All right? So here we have it. He couldn't contain himself any longer. He had the servants leave. He told them who he was. They were troubled and confused. I think that's a very uh, mild way of putting that. And he told them not to be grieved or angry with themselves. They were what? Forgiven. They knew what they had done. He confronted them with what they'd done. He tried to help them. When you want to forgive somebody, you let them see that there's forgiveness. You let them see that you understand that God had a greater purpose in this. Tries to make the person who offended feel at ease in your presence. Won't happen if you don't acknowledge what it is, because you won't feel at ease in their presence, and they will always feel guilty. When a person truly forgives someone else, and it can be acknowledged, then they can try to get the other person to see the sin And to also forgive themselves. How many of you carry something because you've asked God to forgive you and you give it to God, but you can't forgive yourself? You're going to try to get the person to forgive themselves. Okay? How does that work? Joseph revealed himself after they confessed and had a change of heart as Joseph had gone through the humbling process, what he'd been through. He'd been exalted in Potiphar's house and then prison. He'd been exalted in Pharaoh's house. They had to go through a humbling process. Confession and removal of guilt takes humility. David after he had killed Uriah the Hittite, or had him killed, had taken another man's wife, got her pregnant. In Psalm 51, he says to God, against thee, the only, have I sinned and done this wickedness in thy sight. It has to be before God and then others. you know. And how do you do that? Because it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Right? That he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Sometimes God will allow bad things or trials to come and to occur to produce humiliation. They may also that when it happens, you start searching, why does this happen? I'll tell you right now, if you pray and ask God to reveal unconfessed sin to you, he'll bring it to mind. If he doesn't bring it to mind, don't carry it. But if something's happening, you go, why is this? And you ask God, can you show me? And something comes to mind, give it to him right then. Amen? It may be troubling, it may cause problems with other people, but it's an opportunity to for you when you forgive somebody to demonstrate forgiveness and grace. You may get the chance to lead someone to the Lord when you show them the truth and forgiveness. And if you're walking by faith, you need to use every opportunity to demonstrate the grace that God's given to you. And it'll change your attitude toward the people around you. Don't hold things. Give them to God and get it right. That's the lesson of Joseph. That's the lesson of forgiveness. One, you will carry guilt until it can be acknowledged before the people that you injured. You can run from it, but it never goes away. It always stays and comes back around. Back around in your mind. You've got to make it right. If you're bitter towards somebody, Doesn't it tell you in Matthew 18 and 19, if thy brother offend thee, what? Go to him. It has to be acknowledged. It has to be dealt with. God brings it to mind so we can give it to him. When you give it to him, it's no longer between you and him as far as he's concerned. Joseph's making sure that they don't pick it up again. You know what they all did? They went home, they got their father and they moved down to Egypt and Joseph protected them. When the people in the land that they were in were starving to death, they thrived and they became a great people. They ended up in bondage also because guess what? the sins of the fathers are visited unto the children of the third and fourth generation. You make it right, it won't cost your kids as much. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Take a break.